Welcome back to the emergency goalies. A another pretty good week for the Blackhawks. Kind of ended on a bit of a down note, but still a lot of progress. So I'll kick it to you, Michael, for the recap of the week. Yeah, the Cub or the Cubs. Wow, boy, where's my head at? The Blackhawks yeah. uh, won two out of three uh, in this past week. They continued their winning streak. They entered on a three-game streak and uh, traveled uh, to Toronto uh, to kind of finish off their Eastern Canada road swing. They had already beaten Ottawa and Montreal. Saturday night they went into to Toronto. Uh, it was a stormy night, uh, winter storm up there, but Blackhawks came out firing and just never really let up. The top line of Jonathan Taves, Dominique Kubalik, and Drake Kajula were very strong in this game. Kajula notched the first goal uh, just 21 seconds into the first period, and the Blackhawks just, just kept on coming from there. Taves scored. Brandon Saad back in the lineup after missing a few weeks. Got a a, a goal late in the late in the first to extend the lead to three to nothing. And even though the Maple Leafs put up a little bit of a fight kinda early in the second, and William Nylander did add a goal to to narrow the lead to three to one. It was it was kind of a, a short-lived breath of life for the the Maple Leafs because it was not too much later. Jonathan Taves added his second goal of the game, and then Dominique Kubalik scored with Taves getting it, getting an assist, and then in it just it just kept on piling up. Uh, Toronto did add in another goal, but then Dominique Kubalik scored. Yet and yet again to bring the score to six to two. Kubalik and Taves both finished with two goals and two assists in the game, and they were just they were great all day. And this was just a it was as thorough of a beatdown as the Blackhawks have put on anybody this season. Uh, it it had some shades of you know the the dynasty era wins that we saw on occasion. It was just, you know, the, the, the Maple Leafs are a good offensive team, but the Blackhawks' defensive structure and commitment from the guys was sound. And then on top of that, they were able to maintain puck possession in the offensive zone to, to kind of keep keep the puck away from the, Leap, the Maple Leafs for extended periods. And it was just, it was just a nice, thorough win. I don't know if you got anything you wanted to add to that. But. Well, I do want to say a little bit about uh, the second Kubli goal because it's um oh, right. kind of yeah, yeah. I, I kind of ironic that you brought up yeah a little bit yeah it's kind of ironic that you brought up the Cubs earlier yeah kind of because that was you know a grade A baseball you know making contact with a pitch about knee high and hitting a home run it was amazing that he yeah just knocked this puck out of midair. And hit it hard to get in the net. It was just a great goal. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. And 
Kubelik was is a guy that's as red hot as anybody in the league. I saw a stat the other day that since the calendar turned to 2020, Jonathan Taves and Dominique Kubelik are two of the top three scorers in the NHL. I think the only other guy was the the, the third guy was Nathan McKinnon. So that's pretty good company to be in to to, to be with. Um, you know, a month. A month into this year so just it, it was it was a great great effort by the whole team but especially that first line well really. yeah we should probably talk about yeah uh jonathan tabes looks like the best he's looked in a couple years i would say he's playing about as good as i can remember in a, in a little bit yeah he got off to a real tough start this year and he's had slow starts in the past but he was just not keeping up with the play very much and wasn't being very assertive. I don't know if it was, you know, just kind of the, the the European trip had an effect on him, but we had also heard some reports that he had gotten sick. Uh, a couple of members of the team had gotten sick. And I know at the time I was battling a really bad respiratory flu, whatever, and I was it, it knocked me out for basically an entire month. And I, I wonder if something similar could have, you know, been affecting Taves early in the season. Um, I know in the state I was in, I wouldn't been able to, to, to keep up. And, you know, even for a professional athlete, that kind of stuff can really affect you. So I, I, I do wonder if that was maybe a contributing factor, but... Yeah, since about a month into the season, he's just been getting stronger and stronger. And this January, he's been fantastic and looks looks an awful lot like the player we saw last year. And over this, this five-game winning streak that they had, it really seemed like we were getting a little bit of a taste of the old Jonathan Taves of just kind of willing his team to victories and just, you know, dogged puck pursuit at times and uh, really battling along the boards and just be playing a 200-foot game. And so that was it's, – it's been a refreshing sight to see and so then coming off of the Toronto win the next night, the Blackhawks had to travel through the storm uh, to get back home to take on Winnipeg. Tough situation, but there was a lot, still a lot of excitement in the air as you know, I think the team was, was still on a, on a high to try and get uh, Patrick Kane his 1,000th point. Unfortunately, his family, who had traveled up to Toronto to watch them, were not able to make it uh, down in into Chicago in time for uh, the game. But Hawks once again stormed out to an early lead, which is you know something that's been uh, an issue for this team at times. But uh, as of late, has it's been something that they've solved. Alex Nylander, it was great to see him get on the board, uh, scored on a, a nice little goal uh, on a feed from Gustafson out in front of the net. He was patient with the puck and backhanded it in after getting the goaltender to commit. And then 
return the favor later in the period, giving Gustafson a knife's pass, and Gustafson buried uh, his sixth goal of the season. It was the sixth goal for both guys. And then once again, kind of early in the second period, the, the Jets, like the, the Maple Leafs, kind of fought back a little bit. Uh, Shifley scored a goal to, to cut the lead in half. And I, I thought that the teams kind of traded play a little bit in the second period, but I, I still think it ended up favoring the Hawks. And then in the third, the Hawks poured it on a little bit. Kirby Doc played a really great game, I thought, just kind of like Taves, a nice 200-foot effort, was being a little bit more assertive offensively. And he set up David Camp for a nice goal. So you, we were getting some some secondary scoring in this game, and you thought, well, maybe Patrick Kane isn't going to be able to get notch that point, but he started hunting. You could really tell that that Kane wanted it. And Brandon Saad was able to pot uh, his second goal in two games since returning, uh, with Kane getting the assist on it, getting his 1,000th point, and the celebration began. Uh, after the, the, the bench cleared and they got everybody back off of the ice, there was still a little bit of game to play. Patrick Laine was able to score for the Jets, but Dominique Kubalik was able to tap home. A, I shouldn't say tap home. He fired home a, uh, an empty net goal, his 21st on the year. Taves getting another assist on that. And once again, a nice thorough victory um just a real strong effort from the team the penalty kill was huge in this game held the jets to, to no power play goals and five opportunities um i don't know if you got anything to add on this one but i i was i do want to add you know for kane you got the you know thousand point on the assist but i do want to give a shout out to um ryan carpenter who yes on because it was a play where Kane, you know, was behind the net, fired a pass to Carpenter, who did this very nice, like, no-look tap-over pass to Saad with an empty net. So it was a, it looked good all around as a play. It was a very nice-looking play. Right. And Robin Leonard was also great in this game. The The Jets put up more of a fight than the, than the Maple Leafs did, but Leonard was up to the task. Um, and, like I said, it was good secondary scoring. It wasn't just the top top two lines that were carrying the load. And that's something that uh, the, the Hawks have been getting a decent amount of as of late. It's been a big contributing factor to their to that five. Yeah, and we, we should add too though. We should add too that this is important that this is one of the games we were talking about. With the team you're chasing in the standings. Yes. And the Blackhawks finally showed up for one of these. Yep. And, and one this, like, this is like Yeah. This is a team that's directly ahead of them in the standings. That is in a playoff spot right now that they really need to beat. And it, it was great to see them actually get a regulation win, as you said. Yep. Yeah, huge win, huge win. Yeah, they, they had been beating up on teams that were either bad or in the Eastern Conference and not, you know, not somebody that they're in direct competition with. 
So this was a nice change after the previous couple of weeks when they had lost to Vancouver, Calgary, Nashville, you know, all the teams that they're involved with. They had dropped three consecutive games in that in those circumstances. But the Winnipeg game, uh, you know, big, big, big victory, extended that winning streak to five games. Couldn't have been happier with the way that they were playing. Just a lot of sound defensive hockey that we haven't seen in a long time. And it's the sort of thing where the defense was leading to offense. They were separating pucks from guys in the defensive zone, getting good breakouts for the most part. Um, There were a couple of guys that struggled. Um, DeBrinkett's one guy that's been uh, struggling to me uh, in in my eye. Um, He's been, been... not not very clean with uh, his breakouts, causing uh, creating some uh, giveaways, uh, unforced giveaways. And uh, but other than that, uh, uh, you know, just a couple of exceptions like that. The the, the team as a whole, um, they've been getting a lot more defensive buy-in from the forward groups, and there's a lot less confusion in the defensive zone with. Uh, it seemed like every time you'd see a, a defenseman activate for the opposing team or uh, guys uh, creating picks and, and having to switch, the, the Hawks were struggling to identify who should, who should be covering who, and there was a lot of defensive breakdowns like that early in the year, and they've, they've really um, covered those up in the uh, over the last couple of weeks and even in some of those games where they lost and you know even like the Vancouver game where they gave up a lot of goals I I still felt like the defensive structure was far superior to what we had been seeing a couple of months ago or and even a month ago in some circumstances but it's been a it's been a steady improvement and I I think the 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 team is finally starting to buy in and um adapt to Colleton's system and, and how he wants them to play in the defensive zone. So that's that's the biggest encouragement um, that I've seen from the play of late. And, and one of the reasons why I'm not quite as um, down as I was a couple of weeks ago or a month ago where I thought, you know, the team was on the brink of getting eliminated. Uh, but, you know, they're sticking with it. They that the, the win against Winnipeg brought them to within three points of the playoffs. They had an opportunity two days later to make it one point prior to going on this long break. Uh, he had Coach Q coming into town with his Florida Panthers team. And it was, uh, you know, the, the Hawks ended up losing, but... I I thought they played pretty well. This was uh, you know, a game you get some goalie wins sometimes. Um and Robin Leonard's been great all season. He's had very few letdowns, uh, but unfortunately I think this is one where probably half of the four goals that he gave up were a little soft and were ones that he would like to have back. And it was unfortunate. There was kind of it was a lot of back and forth in the first period. Not a lot of shots were getting generated, but um, there was a little bit of uh, end-to-end play wouldn't be the right word for it, but each team was doing a good job of uh, forcing the other team to dump 
at the blue line, but the chases were actually fairly successful. You were seeing a lot of puck retrievals by both teams where they were able to, to get in behind the net and establish possession and, and get some cycle game going. It just wasn't leading to a lot of shots on goal and a lot of chances, but um, that kind of speaks to the the improved defensive play from the Blackhawks as well. You know, even when the, the Panthers were controlling the puck along the boards, they were never able to get it into the middle and really threaten. There wasn't any backdoor plays with wide-open guys that we've seen all season. Uh, but then, unfortunately, once the second period started, um, I thought the Blackhawks came out and, and played pretty well early in the second, which was a little bit of a change from the previous couple of games. Um, you know, they didn't have a lead this time, so they were probably still being a little more aggressive. But unfortunately, uh, the Black or the, the Panthers were able to kind of sneak one past Leonard on a jam play uh, with about four or five minutes into the second period. Well, that's what I was going to add, too. It's, it really felt like this, it was a goal that was kind of, I don't know if you'd call it a soft goal, but it it was a play you'd think that Leonard has... Say before, it was almost like the the, it was kind of something that stunned the Blackhawks for yeah. about five or six minutes. It kind of it's, it's just one of back. those one of those ones that we've gotten used to seeing Leonard make a save on without much difficulty, and I do wonder if it surprised the Blackhawks a little bit, and maybe gave the Panthers a little bit of a boost where. Maybe they thought, oh, maybe you know he's off his line a little bit, or maybe he's a little jarred at the moment. And then it was kind of a the Frank Vitrano show. Uh, he scored, he'd score three goals for the Panthers, uh, get his hat trick all in the second period. Um, a couple of them were legitimate, nice plays by the Panthers. But again, I think I can't remember which of the three, but uh, one of them was. Uh, a, a wrister that I thought, again, was a little bit of a soft goal. But, hey, I mean, I, I, you're not going to hear me complain about Robin Leonard. He's been great. He's kept the Blackhawks in a lot of games they shouldn't have been in. He's, he's stolen a couple of victories for us. Um, but on the positive side, the Hawks really put up a fight. I mean, usually you give up four goals in a period and it can really uh, take the wind out of your sails. They fell behind three to nothing, but Kirby Dock, with a, a, a beautiful backhand shot that he roofed, uh, put the Hawks on the board, made it three to one. Then after Vitrano scored to make it four to one, at the end of the second, the Hawks came out and they really pressed in the third. They were, you know, they really you could tell they wanted to to finish off this victory. Um, with uh, or you know, finish off this this stretch before the break with a victory. Drake Kajula scored on a power play, on a tip in, on a shot from Eric Gustafson. It was a nice nice tip play that something that the Blackhawks do not do very often or very well. But Kajula was being a pest in front of the net and was rewarded for it. Uh, and he's a guy that's been playing very well overall since he he came back off of the injured list um you still saw some you know we still see the little bit of inconsistency from him 
where I feel like there's some periods where he kind of disappears and then you also have the um, undisciplined aspect of him at, on occasion uh, where he's taking some penalties he shouldn't be taking but overall I can't I can't complain about uh, his level of play since he's returned uh, so his sixth goal of the season and you know that's kind of been a big number for the Blackhawks of late a lot of guys have kind of gotten their sixth goal <laughs> over the last week and you know that that speaks to that secondary scoring that depth of scoring that's been that's so necessary for a team you know to for for them to be able to get back into it here they need more than just their top three or four guys to score and all uh up and down the lineup really everybody's been kind of contributing they've been getting a four line effort and i i think over the weekend trying to think it might even uh, yeah uh, so yeah even going back to the Toronto game Eric Gustafson has been playing really well um, a lot more assertive than we've seen him real confident with the puck um, a lot more like he's like he was playing last year um, but he's also been uh, fairly reliable in the defensive zone there haven't well, was, been many, was, many yeah. instances where he's been getting burned i was gonna ask you about that too that this um they've been running the same uh defense pairings unit mm-hmm. you know for about uh five or six games and they have really stabilized and they're playing pretty good defense absolutely I have to say the whole unit absolutely the the connor murphy has really stepped up his game over the last uh month or two and kind of established himself as a guy that can can take some some tough matchups and he's been paired with Gustafson and I think that that pairing is just kind of it's really settled in and given the Blackhawks a a solid second pairing that they can go to that gives you you know both offense and defense and it's it's worked out really well. And then, you know, like you said, um, all three pairings that that third pairing with Slater Cuckoo and um, uh, Oli Mata. Oli Mata. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Is uh, has also stabilized. Uh, we kind of talked about that group last week. Um, yeah, I, I do want to add though. Just Mata looks a lot looks world's better than he did early in the year as well yeah absolutely he's starting you know he's not fast um but he seems to be skating a little more smoothly um he's he's playing with much better gap control um leading with his stick a little more Um, you know it was just a couple of weeks ago where he got healthy scratched um but since he got back in the lineup after that that one game where he was put on the bench, uh, he's been very solid at both ends of the ice. I mean, you know, he's not going to be a guy that jumps up into the play and acts as a fourth winger like Boquist and Gustafson are capable of doing. But he is a guy that's got some offensive skill where and, and offensive know-how as well of of knowing when he can um, activate in a play um pinch he, he he times his pinches pretty well uh, to keep to keep pucks into the offensive zone and keep plays alive and uh slater cuckoo's actually been been doing a 
a, a very good job of the same. Although there have been a couple of instances where he's tried to be aggressive and keep pucks in that he probably shouldn't have, and that has led to a couple of breakaways or two-on-ones, odd-man rushes sort of things. Um, a couple of instances where the Blackhawks have had leads and he did that. It'd be one thing if we were trailing in games and, and he was trying to be aggressive, but um, so that's that's really my only complaint, um, uh, you know, among, I guess, what you would consider the veterans. Um, Adam Boquist, I think, has been playing pretty well uh, five on five, um, but I've actually not been very pleased with his power play um, uh, production he and, and, and style uh, of late. Uh, he is a guy that I want to see on that top power play unit, but he's been really deferring to Patrick Kane, and I don't know if part of that is a factor of them trying to get him his thousandth point, but every time Boquist gets the puck, he's immediately shoveling it over to Kane. He's passed up several shot opportunities, and the, the, the power play, although it has converted a couple of goals here and there, has really stagnated a little bit over the last few games. So well, that's yeah, it's one of the things with, with Boquist, too, is just it's a thing we've experienced for a while with the whole first power play unit. It's just yep. they're trying to find the perfect play. Yep. And, I mean, what was the one power play goal we saw in the Florida game was Gustafson from the point. Yes. Yep. There was yep. a tip-in. Yeah, and there was a, you know, and it's not just Kane and, and uh, Boquist that are causing some problems. Um, there was a couple of opportunities for Jonathan Taves where he got the puck down low and took it right out in front of the net and just had an opportunity to, to, you know, golden opportunities for stuff shots where the defenseman just didn't, didn't recognize and was too slow to react. And he just had wide open chances in front and he tried to pass. And those, those passes got broken up. And I think one of them, uh, I can't remember if it went to Doc or to Brinkett where they fired a shot wide or whatever, but just they, they, they've been passing up some opportunities and it, it, it just, it, it hasn't been as smooth as you would like, but yeah, and it was know, very, it was very frustrating in the, in the Florida game too, because they had, they were able, they, yeah, they were in the zone for their power plays for almost the whole two minutes. It felt like every power play, but it was just, they yeah. couldn't get enough shots to the goal. Um, I've been a lot more. Uh, <clears throat> I've been I've been happier with their uh, zone entries. They they're they're not as reliant on on using the 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 push them back entry. And when they do, they're timing it a lot better. Um, but they they've been they've been able to to gain the offensive zone with possession a lot more frequently of late than they had been. And you know they're 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 controlling the puck pretty well in the offensive zone. They're just it's not translating to enough good opportunities. But hey, I mean, you know, we saw throughout the the cup years, if you're playing good five on five and your penalty kill uh, is reliable. Both of those things have been occurring for the Blackhawks over the last couple of weeks. Uh, 
uh, it almost doesn't matter what your power play does if, mm-hmm. if you're if you're taking care of those other two things and your goalies are playing well. So mm-hmm. you know it, it. I I really can't complain about how the Hawks have been playing. You know, even some of those losses against Calgary and Nashville uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I thought the team had been playing pretty well in those games. So yeah. it's it's well, been I'll a ask real you, steady. Yeah. I'll ask you real quick. I, I guess we should uh, note uh, Kane did score under two minutes in the Florida game to make it a one-goal game, but yeah, uh, they just couldn't come through, so it was a 4-3 Panthers win. But I'll ask you real quick. Uh, since we don't, you and I, I'm sure, don't get to watch the – Florida Panthers much. Uh, what do you think of Quenville's new team? Um, it's got the best offense in the league, yeah. which is kind of surprising. Um, you know, they are a team that I've that, um, I, I haven't actually watched much this year, but they've always been a team that I've been uh, fairly intrigued by, um, not just because of the previous connections with Talon and some of the guys that you know we had traded there a few years ago and whatnot, uh, but. I just uh, I don't know. I've always kind of keep kept track of them a little bit. Uh, Barkov is a guy that I really like uh, watching him play. Um, I think uh, you know during the broadcast, some of the guys had mentioned he's you know kind of a young Taves. I think he's actually got a little more offensive skill than Taves does, um, or you know Taves ever had in his prime. I, I just I think he's a, a really good player. And Jonathan Huberdeau um, has always been a real good passing winger, um, but he's he's had a real breakout season this year. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they've got some guys that can rifle the puck, like Hoffman, Dadanov's a you know a real skilled player. And then on the back end, they um, they added, uh, you know, they drafted Matheson a couple of years ago. He's a guy that can really move the puck. Um, but then, uh, oh gosh, why am I drawing a blank on uh, his name? They added uh, uh, Yandel, Keith Yandel, uh, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. Or was that last year? I don't remember when they added him. I think it might have been this last offseason. But you know, he's another guy um, that can really move the puck. So they've got defensemen that can activate, and they've got, you know, a solid uh, top three lines that can all score. And the, the fourth line that they were putting out there, the, the Colton Sevier line, was giving the Hawks fits all night. So, that, yeah, I mean, they've got uh, – they can certainly, uh, you know, pin your team in and, and score off the rush. They do a lot of things right. Um, they just – they don't – they haven't quite figured out the stay-at-home defenseman part of it. Uh, I don't think Anton Strahlman's quite as good as he used to be. Uh, Ekblad has never really taken that next step. He's a guy that, you know, when he was 18, 19, came into the league and made a good impression, and you just always thought, oh, okay, you know, if he's doing this at 18 or 19, what's he going to do in a few years once he, you know, learns the game a little bit more? But he's just kind of stayed that same guy, which is you know a pretty a pretty good defenseman. But he's never really become that number one, and I think that's maybe the one thing that they're missing. They don't have a Duncan Keith or uh, a Drew Doty, that, you know, somebody that they can really count on back. Yeah. There. So, but yeah, though it's just interesting because 
And of course, we had you know the video of Quenville and the video to honor mm-hmm. uh, Kane Thousand Points of. Oh, that was just a a weird aberration of a game anyway. That was kind of it had a lot going on with it. It was kind of a weird game. Yeah, yeah. I was glad you know that everybody was able to celebrate Quenville. Uh, I've uh, I've got a ton of respect for him as a coach, and uh, you know I I, I made my self clear that I, I did think it was time to move on from him but that 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 doesn't discount or take away anything that he accomplished with the team he was it, you, you can't expect a coach to be able to maintain discipline and keep his voice fresh you know for longer than the the decade or whatever that he was here uh, it just, you know, you, you can't ask for, for a better coaching higher than that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to have a, a, a similar effect on Florida. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it'll depend on personnel if they can take that next step But um, and, and ever win a cup down there. But he's going he's gonna to have them competitive for a long time. And then as far as the Patrick Kane stuff goes... I, Nobody needs me to celebrate Patrick Kane. We all know he's a great hockey player. I, I still struggle with, uh, you know, the uh, incidents early yeah, in his career off of the ice. That's what I, I, There's a lot I, of yeah. unanswered questions with Patrick Kane. That's what I was going to so add. I, I feel very yeah. uncomfortable celebrating him. Yes. You know, I'll, I'll let other people do that. Uh, nobody needs to needs me to tell them that he's a great hockey player. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna add. I was yeah. just gonna, I was yeah. gonna add that the, the position of this podcast is Patrick Kane. Yes, great player, but both of us feel kind of uncomfortable with the yeah. other stuff. So I just, you know, yes, he's a great player. That's undeniable, and everyone you're free to have an opinion. A lot of people don't have our feelings about it, and that's fine. So yeah. that I guess that's our statement on that. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I've got plenty of other things that uh i'm sure fans would uh beliefs that i'm sure fans wouldn't agree with as well i you know i but yeah so you know he's a great hockey player they they wouldn't have won three stanley cups without him but it just it is what it is i he's on the team i can't uh i can't do anything about that and uh and it's one of those things where it's like you know I don't know enough about mm-hmm. who he is and what he did, and I, I can have assumptions, but it just uh, yeah, because yeah. you know <laughs> we never really talk about this on this podcast, but well, yeah, I yeah, mean, that's, that's all kind of the our stuff feeling. That came out was years before we were doing this, and I, you know, I to whatever credit you can give him, I, I, everybody does seem to think that he's turned his life around or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know. I'm not convinced that <laughs> what he was doing was just a uh, young boy partying type stuff. I, I, I worry there was a lot more um, yeah. stuff that necessar- wouldn't necessarily be for- forgivable, regardless of how much he's grown up. So Yes. I, but I guess we'll just on move that. on from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. So I'll just add our final. Uh, the Blackhawks are very much in the race. Yep. And I don't think you can ask for anything else. They've- nope. They're going to have 10 days off, and they're going to play again until Saturday the 1st of February, so 
Yeah. Hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get Dylan time. Strom back by then. And, uh, yeah, you know, just extend the lineup even more. Hopefully they can uh, not uh, have their play fall off. They can stay on this type of role that they've been on and make the playoffs. I'm for it. Yep. I, I'd much rather them make the playoffs than, you know, finish with the fifth worst record in the league. So yes, we can get those playoff that pr- playoff a uh, preview podcast and get some more content. Yep. So that absolutely. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, as as we were saying, next week there are no games. Um, I will announce a little bit of news on here. We've secured our friend and. Favorite guest host, uh, Katie Drzinski, is going to come back on the podcast next week. So that'll be some fun thing, and we'll have we'll interview with her. I I I guess we'll have some kind of preview for the games coming out of the break. And I don't know. We can talk about the All Star game, but honestly, I don't care about the All Star game. I'm not going to (laughs) watch. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll comment if I happen to see some highlights or whatever. But uh, I can already tell you, not going to (laughs) watch. Yep. All right. So, anyway, um, I'm always on Twitter, sth85, Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. Yep, and let's just leave it on the note that Blackhawks are very much alive in the playoff race, and I guess everyone enjoy your, well, not enjoy your hockey break, but make, manage to survive your hockey break. Well, there you go. That'll be what we'll, yeah.